The Start On Demand. On demand. We had some monster breaking news towards the end of our show. We learned that Winnipeg Jets head coach Paul Maurice has resigned. New restrictions in Quebec as Omicron continues to surge. The Montreal Canadiens game, for example, on Thursday night. No fans in the stands. Are we going to see similar things happen in Manitoba? Booster shots. The province says get one. So why are so many Manitobans having a hard time finding one? And we had a blast talking about the smells that trigger memories. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Friday, December 17th podcast for The Start. I don't know about you two, but I'm determined to have some fun this morning. We do have some fun things to discuss. The Couch Potatoes Assemble at 737. I've got a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. We're going to learn more about the Minnesota Vikings curse in our next segment. But uh, maybe the word curse is apropos because it sometimes feels like we're we're cursed. We're stuck in a curse. We're in some sort of a loop. When you look, uh, Loren, for example, at what's happening in Quebec. Do you remember talking, and I, I'm trying to remember when this was, about how it started to feel like Groundhog Day, and that was like at least a year ago we were having those conversations and we slipped in and out of wave one and then into wave two and w- into wave three and the different changing variants that were coming and then Delta came along the way, then we saw wave three and then, you know, and now here we are in this fourth wave and you're looking around you at different provinces and what they're doing and you're thinking, ah, uh, like, you know, it feels inevitable that we're going the way of maybe where Ontario has already gone. And of course, Quebec, because Quebec yesterday announced a whole host of new measures in trying to control the spread of this virus. They reported, I think, nearly 2,800 new infections yesterday. And so he, the Quebec premier, right at the supper hour last night, came out and was like, yeah, sorry, everyone. I don't really have any good news to tell you. There's no good news. And so he's told everybody in Quebec to cut their contacts in half. The province is now limiting indoor gatherings there for the holidays to 10 people. So only 10 people allowed for your holiday supper. And they're also reducing capacity at everything from restaurants to bars to stores to more than 50%. In the past few days, we've seen a significant increase in COVID cases. More and more people are getting the new Omicron variant. Experts tell us this variant is much more contagious. They expect a significant increase in hospitalizations in the coming weeks. So here we are, along with another pronunciation there for Omicron, which I think we're all just changing our minds on daily. We're all changing our minds on where this could go, Greg. And I think one of the most... uh, impactful images for me last night was the Habs game. We learned last night around four o'clock that the Habs were saying, sorry, fans do not come to the game tonight in Montreal. They are not having fans there anymore. And they're going to make more announcements today in terms of what that looks like for the future. But the stands were empty last night in Montreal. 424 yesterday afternoon, you sent me an alert from Twitter. 425, I was about to text this very same thing. And then the stark reality watching the highlights this morning of the Habs Flyers game last night, and once again, no no fans in the stands, and no tarps. Like none of the none of the distinctive marketing brands or 
anything around the seats in the lower bowl that we got accustomed to in the fanless season of last year and the in the bubble in Edmonton and the playoffs the season before that because it happened so quick. Essentially, there would have been people that were on their way to Bell Centre for the game last night and then found out not to bother showing up or maybe even got all the way to the arena, Brett, and found out that they weren't allowing fans. True North says here... They came out yesterday, said at this point, the Jets play at home tonight and again Sunday afternoon. They're planning to be at full capacity for both those events tonight and Sunday. Yep, so we'll have to just wait and see, I guess, what happens in Manitoba. I mean, yesterday was the first year anniversary of the first vaccine that was delivered in Manitoba, and I remember that brought with it a sense of hope, uh, at least for me, that uh, maybe this was the that was the beginning of getting through this of putting this all behind us and i remember when i got my first dose back in april i i was emotional as i walked out of that uh grocery store that pharmacy thinking okay so like let's let's get this going here and now it just feels loren like uh, (laughs) is it ever gonna end yeah, and when you mentioned the emotion there, my voice just sort of cracked there because I was thinking of when I got my second dose for me, that was like, okay, finally, I can go out and see my parents. I hadn't seen them for a while, and I was desperate to see my mom and dad. And uh, that meant that I could go because there would be no restrictions returning uh, to Manitoba for a quarantine as long as I was vaccinated. And I'm still waiting to see my sister, who is now coming well past the two-year point. Three years we're going to be, I think, before we see one another. And I don't know where that's going to go because she's overseas and you have these travel restrictions. And, you know, in the beginning, it was like, that's no problem. We can get through this. It's not a big deal. But it's starting to feel like a very big deal. And I don't want to get, you know, so heavy for a Friday. But I think there's a lot of people out there this morning wondering what's next. You know, my kids came home from school yesterday. And the schools are doing the best they can to keep these kids doing the right things and keep them distant and playing safely. And so all these different activities that they were doing at school have been taken off the table again, right? Because they're worried about what the impact could be. So all the sports they might've been having fun with, the different tournaments that they had planned, you know, pizza days, things like that. Lots of things are changing for the kids. And it's just hard not to uh, look ahead and think, ah, what's coming? All right. So right now we want to talk about boosters and the challenge in finding them. And Greg's got a really solid point to make, and we're going to hear this in a moment. Uh, but first, we need to get some more details, Loren. Yeah, so health officials are, of course, as we know, urging Manitobans to get a booster shot for COVID-19 ahead of the holidays. That's proving to be e- easier said than done. Here's Global's Will Reimer. A lot of the places that were taking appointments, the appointments were like two to three weeks from now. It was fairly easy, just phoned around a bit. Yeah. yeah. How many other calls would you say you had to make? Yeah, five or six. A steady lineup of people were hoping to get a COVID-19 shot at Shoppers Drug Mart on Osborne Thursday, including this woman who said this was her second attempt in one day. Uh, the lineup was up to Osborne and I figured I would stand here for an hour and a half at least. So that is quite a hardship for me. Although waiting outside during December in Manitoba isn't most people's idea of a fun time, many are finding it's the most reliable way of getting a shot. Using the province's online vaccine finder tool, Global News found 29 out of 38 medical clinics and 24 out of 29 pharmacies in the city's core were out of stock Wednesday afternoon. Dr. Joss Reimer, head of the vaccine task force, says 
They're looking to increase staffing at the super sites to meet demand. So most of the sites around the province have uh, a lot of appointments available and in Winnipeg we're working to expand the availability as well. We have the, the luxury of a lot more clinics and pharmacies in Winnipeg compared to the rest of the province and so we are looking to make sure that it's available in every neighborhood for every individual uh, in a convenient way. But pharmacists like Karen Brizuela of Northway Pharmacy on Broadway say supply isn't the main issue. Like it takes me like maybe like two days a week just to plan it out, um, a full two days just to book people in, coordinate, because as you can see, like not every um, pharmacy or doctor's offices or clinic, we don't have the same amount of space. Brizuela says they have the benefit of a community center right next door where they can host pop-up clinics when demand rises, something they did Thursday and will again do next week. Again, uh, the challenge is to keep up with the eligibility criteria, the regulations, and then just being flexible um, to accommodate people. Will Reimer, Global News. I'm always impressed with the way these private clinics are able to respond and to do what they do. However, you know, I've been on several websites reading several stories from Quebec, from Ontario, from British Columbia, right across the country. The notion seems to be that if we want to avoid any sort of restrictions, and we're already seeing them in Ontario and Quebec, if we want to see further restrictions here uh, be off the table, we need to get people to get this booster. It is the, the number one way that we can fight back this Omicron uh, v- variant. So... How on earth isn't there an all-out sprint to make sure that these clinics are either A, pop-up clinics run by pharmacies in a community center happening not just here and there once in a while, but all the time? And if that's not practical, which I imagine it's not, why isn't a super center being reopened in Winnipeg, in Brandon, in these different communities in order to satisfy the need, the desire, when you're doing stories about people searching for something that they want to get and they can't get it, that means there is a demand. Are we meeting the demand? It doesn't feel as though we are. The action needs to match the message, and I feel it's not here, Loren. I think one of the challenges is they wanted to make it as easy as possible on people at the beginning of this when the booster was a thing that, you know, was recommended. You should get a booster. This is our advice. And now it's like, please get a booster. And so people are hearing that and and hearing to that call. And that accessibility is kind of working against us because you can't have that kind of supply at every single pharmacy. You can't have the ability to walk into every single space and have that kind of vaccine at the ready. Otherwise, there might be issues with the vaccine. And then on the other hand, I think we got used to that appointment system. Some of us like the idea that we could go onto that website and know exactly when we'd be able to go get that shot and where we were going to go and how the process is going to work. And so I think I wouldn't be surprised in the days ahead if we see a return to that, that they try to streamline it a bit more and maybe put it back towards a super center because of what's going on. And if this is the way through this next phase, then we we certainly have to do something a bit better to fix this because people, like you say, want it. If they're lining up for it, if they're calling to a dozens of different pharmacies, that tells you that they're they're, you know, basically screaming for it and we have to answer their shouts. We got a message on our Instagram 
680CJOB Instagram from one of our listeners uh, Wednesday night asking where in southern Manitoba in the Altona-Winkler area can you get the booster shot? So I had a peek yesterday morning at the the province's vaccine finder and found a a couple of pharmacies. There's a Rexall pharmacy in Altona, a Loblaw pharmacy in Winkler, and a Walmart pharmacy that, according to the website, all had stock. Um, And then they got back to me again last night saying, Sadly, there's a waiting list and they have no idea when they will receive the vaccine. So I haven't had the opportunity to contact uh, any of these places yet. But it looks so it sounds like potentially Mm -hmm. the even though the province's website is saying this place has stock that might not necessarily be the case. Or maybe the the prop maybe when the province does their update because it says updated, uh, like the, you go to the site, it says updated December 16th. So they updated it yesterday, but maybe by the time people are making their calls, the stock's getting depleted. I don't know what's going on, but it has to be frustrating to to want this, to be eligible for it, to be able to go right now. I, I'm eligible. I can go, but I can't find one. Well, like I say, it's just tying back to the message. If the message is this booster is one of the key ways to hold back this variant of COVID-19, then the action needs to match the message. And all too often, I feel it doesn't. That, that's, you know, I'm not saying the booster's the answer, but if they're telling us it is, <laughs> then where's, where's, where's the action associated? It, it feels very laissez-faire to me. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, yesterday when we gave away our car pass for Canada's Winter Wonderland, the question was, the trivia question was, a new poll asked people which smells reminded them of childhood. Freshly cut grass came in at number one. This came in at number three. What is it? And the answer was crayons. And we got a couple of text messages. Rick said the smell of a lumber yard and all the fresh cut wood in the saw shop. That's a great smell. Someone else uh, pointed out less, I think, said, ah, the smell of leaded gas exhaust in the morning. Um, so we thought, let's have a chat about smells. The smells that trigger memories, whether it's from your childhood or another part of your life. I know that when I smell, sometimes I'll be someone will walk past me with a certain perfume and I'll think, that smells like the woman I dated when I was 20. So I can't remember the, the name of the perfume, but it just hits me like a bolt of lightning. Um, so Follow-up, you should get new perfume. Is that what you say to the person after? Because their perfume's 20 years old? <laughs> just kidding. Lots of people wear scents for decades. Charlie, it might be Charlie. <laughs> Obsession. I can't, might have been, is Oscar Desperation. De <laughs> that's a different smell, Jeff Roy. That's what uh, that's what I probably smell like. LOL. But let's go around the horn here. Smells that trigger memories. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you? The one smell that that gets me a lot, especially the last few years, is, is the smell of cigarettes. Because I used to be a smoker and I quit almost five years ago. And for the first couple of years after that, if I would smell it, and I swear I could smell it from a mile away, <laughs> uh, it just made me want to smoke again, you know? I just craved it. I would even, uh, the first time I smelled it after I quit, I remember there was a guy smoking on the sidewalk, and I, uh, I, I faked like my shoe was untied, and I bent down to pretend to tie up my shoe just so I could linger in his secondhand smoke <laughs> and bring it in. But, uh, but now, the last couple of years, it's, it's turned on me, and I, and I can't stand it. I find it disgusting. It uh, turns my stomach. So I guess that's 
good news. It'll keep me from actually going back to it at some point. But I was surprised. I thought I would love the smell of smoke forever, but uh, that's that's one that's changed on me. That's a that's great to hear, man, because I know how how tough it was uh, for you to quit. Uh, but good for you for persevering, and uh, that's that's awesome that, that that's taken a turn in the way that it has. Cameron Poitras, what about you? Well, in terms of school, I have to say like a shaved pencil, like uh, having to walk up uh, by the door to like the community. Uh, the community pencil shaver, and just get like that the 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 lead mixed with the the wood shavings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a it's like a classic smell, and you know you you're in a cl- quiet classroom and everyone is kind of writing something, and then you know I was always the guy going up there because I would always forget my pencil cra- my pencil sharpener, and just all of a sudden <laughs> look at it, not not good enough. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, that that smell. Like if I was thinking of one thing from school, that's one thing that that stuck with me. Did you the, the pencil sharpener that you were using? Was it like an automatic one, or did you have to crank it yourself? No, well, it was just like the one you just like stick it in the top, and then you just kind of twist it yourself. Okay, yeah, one of those. I used to. We used to have the ones where with a little crank on the side, like a like it was spinning wheel. That was fun. It was fun and noisy. Yeah, and the best. And then you had to uh, empty it, of course, on a regular basis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the, it's the worst when it, like, explodes. Like, when you take off the top or you take off the side <laughs> and all the shavings go everywhere. <laughs> well, you didn't want to be the guy to do it, so you just kind of stuck with it. And you just, like, it didn't matter if it was, like, overflowing. You just kept, you know, you're, what, a, what kind of sucker would empty that thing? <laughs> Mackling, what about you? Well, you know, you mentioned Les's text message, and then someone said... Uh, in that sort of same time of day yesterday about scratch and sniff stickers and they marveled at the fact they'd come across their collection from about 40 years ago and they still smelt like what they were supposed to smell like which led to them wondering what sort of chemicals were inside and (laughs) I would say to you, Brett, do you remember the scratch and sniff that smelt like gasoline? There was a car. Yes, there was. I think it was a car with a little puff of smoke like an exhaust on the back or it might have been an actual gas pump but anyway that's the smell that gets me because I used to spend a lot of time in my grandpa's garage with him and you know all the different uh, chemicals spilling on the floor and seeping into the wood or what have you over the years my grandpa's garage had this distinctive smell well now I have his workbench in my garage and magically that smell is starting to permeate in my garage. And when I go outside, it's like my grandpa's with me. It is absolutely the best. I am looking at right now, by the way, on Etsy.com, a scratch and sniff sticker with a little cartoon can of gas. And it says, scratch and sniff this can of gasoline. (laughs) So you can buy it on Etsy for (laughs) $17.83. One sticker? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Loren, what about you? Well, I had so many. I was thinking about the smell when I go up to Clear Lake, when I roll down the windows and you can smell the trees and the pine and everything mingling together. It makes you think of all the good times I had up there. I was thinking even when I make pierogies, it reminds me of Christmas Eve and we'd go to mass on Christmas Eve all angry that we smelled like the onions that had been cooking all day in the pierogies and you could smell it in your hair. But when you mentioned perfume, I will still, Brett, like if I'm walking through the bay or something, stop and see if I can find any old Calvin Klein CK1 that came out in like 96 because mm-hmm. my sister and I one day, we, you know, we both went to school in Ottawa University and we just were having one of those bad days. 
no money, you're broke, but we decided to go out and spend our last hard-earned dollars anyway. We went shopping and each bought like a pair of Levi jeans, which were just, we were thought we were so cool, and these high boots, and we bought a shared bottle of CK1 because <laughs> it was too much money for us each to get our own. And uh, the smell of that makes me think of, every time we have a, a bad day, she'll text and say, you feeling like a CK1 day, even though we can't get together and shop, and that means we need to get out and like have some fun. And uh, I will still sometimes pass that counter and see if I can find it so that I can that, that elicit that memory of trying to have some good times together. So, I used to wear that. CK1? Yeah, CK1 oh, for men. No wonder I like you. Do you still wear it? <laughs> no, that was like back in like junior high. Like this was a long time ago. You're going to see me follow Forche creepily around the office when I return there. Just hi. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, he sees uh, switched it up now to uh, Aqua Velva. Aqua Velvet, I think, right? You got to slap that baby on. <laughs> Part of the fight against COVID-19, where Manitoba seems to be behind the rest of the country. Yeah, it's the availability of free rapid testing for COVID-19, and that appears to be a big part of the strategy in battling COVID-19 in other provinces. Manitoba... On the other hand, pharmacists are currently required to outsource rapid tests themselves, but that could change. The government has uh, contacted pharmacists to try and find a system to um, deliver some rapid tests from the government supplied to pharmacies. Whether they'll be free for Manitobans or not is undecided. Uh, I've asked uh, Dr. Rusin and um, and others to uh, to look into this to see how we can through central services and so on to ensure that those rapid tests are more readily available. That is from a story Abigail Turner did for Global News earlier this week. And Loren in Nova Scotia, residents are able to get free rapid tests from pop-up locations across the province for at-home testing in Saskatchewan. They also offer free rapid tests that people can take home. And in BC, the tests are free for certain age groups, including residents of long-term care homes. Yeah, in Ontario yesterday, there were lineups at liquor stores and in malls where some of those rapid tests were being handed out, rapid tests supplied by the government. We know that's not the case here, but that's why one local restaurant owner is taking matters into his own hands. Jay Kilger owns Finn's at Grant Park and Finn McCool's Crossroads in Winnipeg. And we say good morning to Jay. How are you doing? Good, good. Good morning. So you ha- I saw your tweet yesterday about you know trying to uh, make sure your staff had peace in mind. What made you go into sort of the down the road that you want to provide rapid tests for your staff? Are you doing it on a daily basis for them, or are they just there for them just in case they want them? Um, right, right now they're they're there just in case they want them. Who um, just felt it was an extra level of protection, um, um, peace of mind as well. Um, it was a couple months ago. Um, they sort of showed up on our bid for uh, when, like, with our food supplier when we order. So I uh, just figured, like, why not? So we've had them, and uh, there's been times where you know they aren't a direct contact, but they're a contact of a contact, and um, you know it's probably a good way to catch asymptomatic uh, COVID once in a while. Like, you know, if they if they're ever showing symptoms, we don't allow them in work, but. Uh, this is just a, it's an extra step for peace of mind for them. And then they also, you know, they're very concerned about getting their coworkers sick. And we're at a level of staffing where if one person was to get sick, it would probably take down the whole restaurant. So, 
So there's a there's an economic benefit, there's that peace of mind and that relationship that you're strengthening with your employees by doing this. And it's also a confidence thing. Uh, Jay, I mentioned in Hamilton last week, we had to do rapid testing every single day when we went to the stadium and interacted with the players and interacting with one another. And on game day, Grey Cup, hundreds of workers there, every single one of them had a rapid test. How much do they, how much do they cost you? Um, it was, uh, I, I got, two, I got two boxes of 50. Um, and to be honest, I tried to look this up. Uh, we kind of just scheduled this late last night. I, I think it was, uh, um, it was maybe like 200 bucks for the two, two boxes of 50. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, uh, probably a little bit more than that actually, but, uh, it was just, just seemed like the right thing to do, you know, before, um, March, March of 2020, I was able to get a whole bunch of masks ahead of time and I did it and I was very happy that I did that. And then I figured I just probably couldn't go wrong um, getting these ahead of time. So, Should you be having to buy them? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I'm fine doing it. And, I, you know, I made, it was my choice too, um, you know, this time. But I think that uh, where things seem to be going and um, if people – can add an extra level of protection before a gathering and things like that. It, it seems like it's smart money for the government to spend to get them in the hands of Manitobans right now. You just use the phrase, Jay, where things seem to be going. And I almost hate to ask you this question, but <laughs> where things seem to be going, you know, when we look east at the measures that were just announced last night in Quebec and Ontario also reducing capacity at various places, restaurants on the list. What are you thinking this morning as we just consider where are things going? Um, well, again, this is just an opinion of a restaurant owner, so it's, take it with a <laughs> grain of salt. I'm definitely not an expert, but it's scary. I, uh, it, it's, it's also, I look around and I, I don't see a whole lot more that we can do. Um, you know, we're, we're following the rules and, you know, we have the vaccination, proof of vaccination. Um, I think adding a whole lot of restrictions to those that are double vaccinated is going to you know, the, the buy-in for the restrictions is going to get lower and lower when you're starting to restrict people that have done everything they possibly can to stop this. So um, I think enforcement, a higher level of enforcement would be more important. And then, you know, once we're actually enforcing the rules in place, if, if that doesn't work, maybe more restrictions. But it, it, it's tough because we can't go through another lockdown and even limiting capacity is just a, just as bad in some cases. So it's definitely a little nerve-wracking right now. Jeff Braun is here, co-host of the Couch Potatoes. Jeff, why was Mr. Forte playing that song? Oh, it it, it is Spider-Man weekend. Uh, what's what's this one called? Never going home, home again. Home home's not home for sale. I can't remember what it's called. Something with the word home in it. But it's a new Spider-Man movie. That's which is right. That's right. So I saw it yesterday. Here's a bit of a tee up for that. There is a big one out this week, and I've got a review of Spider-Man: No Way Home. Watch that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. Peter Parker enlisted the mystical help of Doctor Strange to make his life a little bit easier, but he screwed up the magic spell, which opened the door to the multiverse, which means we're going to see some Spider-Man villains from past Spider-Man movies, like Alfred Molina as Doctor Octopus. 
I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? And Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Peter, you're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. We've also got Jamie Foxx back as Electro, the Lizard is in there, and the Sandman. Spider-Man No Way Home is getting solid reviews, pretty much across the board and with good reason. Yes, I saw it, and don't worry, I won't ruin anything here, but I will tell you that in spite of the fact there is a lot going on in this movie, it's kind of a mess actually, it's full of wonderful performances that make this film emotionally surprising and satisfying. There's a lot of fan service at play, but... I'm a big fan, so I'm happy. Four couch cushions out of five for Spider-Man No Way Home. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. So, Jeff Braun, uh, you're going, what, on Monday? Monday or Tuesday. I do. I did buy a ticket. I would have to look into my phone and see exactly what day I bought it for. But uh, yeah, I'm going early in, uh, next week. I'm really excited to see it, especially after uh, your glowing review. So you had uh, planned to rewatch all of the movies. This is now the eighth standalone Spider-Man film. Were you able to uh, get through those? I watched the Tobey Maguire trilogy. I watched all three of those uh, two weeks ago, I think. And this weekend, I'll definitely watch the first Andrew Garfield one. I don't want to watch that second Andrew Garfield one. I hate that movie. Do I have to watch it? You said Electro's in this one. Do I need to rewatch the first Electro movie or not? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you, it does help, I think, to have seen those films so that you have a basic understanding of everything that's going on in this new one. Uh, so for someone like you, Jeff, that's not a problem. Uh, but for, say, like somebody who's very casual and hasn't seen all of them, this might be a confusing film. You know, you'll be that person who's sort of poking your friend on the shoulder. Hey, who's that guy? Hey, what's going on here? I don't get it. I'm just going to go get popcorn and take a nap. Um, but uh, super fun movie, highly recommended. Full end up. We actually can't provide a full review on the Couch Potatoes because we recorded the Couch Potatoes before I even saw the movie. Uh, we did our best of the rest this week, all our favorites that will not make our top 20 TV shows of the year. So, Loren, are you going to go take the kids? To see yeah, Spider-Man? I, I brought it up with them last night, and it was a must-must-do for them. So, yes, for sure, I'll go. I won't. Ha- I will be that person, and I already do that whenever they put on an Avengers or Marvel film or Star Wars. Who is that? What's that person? Is that Obi? Is that Spider-Man? Are they in the same movie together? Like, I have no clue. So I drive them nuts, but I do like popcorn. So, sure, we'll go. And Disney Greg? owns all of that stuff. It's only a matter of time before the Star Wars yeah, character just one, like, the Marvel Universe. So. giant film together. <laughs> that would help me out, actually. <laughs> and Mackling, are you going to take the Twin Towers? Uh, that is an affirmative, Brett McGarry. They are champing at the bit to get to this film, and I haven't been in a movie theater since uh, the pandemic began. So, uh, yeah, we are going to get out and see this movie. Big picture, big sound, all the full effects, and uh, cannot wait to do it. Should point out as well that, of course, there is uh, an extra scene mid-credits, and then there's a pretty big one at the end of the credits, so make sure you stick around for that. Should also point out there is another movie out this weekend called Nightmare Alley. Oddly enough, Willem Dafoe is one of the stars of that one as well. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. Bradley Cooper is in it. Uh, Rooney Mara is in it. Uh, so good cast. Um, so... 
You can see more on that at uh, RottenTomatoes.com, for example. Tony Collette's in that cast as well. So Ron Perlman, great cast. Gee, so that was Yeah, well, I need to look into that a little bit more. I think Kate Blanchett is in it as well. My goodness. Why am I not going to see that movie as well? Mackling McGarry, McNabb, some Maiden, as in Iron Maiden, which means we say good morning to Mayor Brian Bowman. Hello there, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. I enjoyed uh, seeing the footage of you pulling out the bomber jersey for Hamilton's mayor. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was a lot of fun. You know, um, uh, Mayor Fred Eisenberger is a diehard Thai Cats fan. Um, hard loss for him, but he's going to make good on his wager. He's got a He's got to take a picture in uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber, beautiful blue and gold jersey. Uh, we put the number two on it for two back-to-back wins against the Ticats. <laughs> and wow. he'll, he'll, ha- he'll have to do a cardboard cutout and make it publicly available for 108 hours in Hamilton. Oh. And uh, that's, of course, in recognition of the 108th Grey Cup. So I think he's going to look great in it. And um, thanks to the Bombers for <laughs> ensuring I, I didn't have to do the same in a Ticats jersey. Yeah, no kidding. Well, hey, let's yeah. uh, let's uh, celebrate this uh, later on, and the celebrations yeah. will continue throughout the, the year for sure. But the city budget was just passed this week, Mayor Bowman, and as always, yeah. there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to repairing roads, getting the sewage plant up to date and more. In your mind, what line or what expenditure in the budget best tells pay- taxpayers that we're preparing for the future, not just catching up? Yeah, I'd say, you know what, probably the, the uh, modernization of public transit is perhaps uh, the most noteworthy. It's, uh, it will, when funded by other levels of government, be about a half a billion dollars to modernize public transit and to move it to zero emission. And that's, that's something that's long overdue. I think the obviously $164 million in road re- re- renovation and repair is historic as well. And, and that's, not only going to act as a bit of a stimulus right now, but it's also continuing to fix the roads and, and build it for the future. And then and the North End Sewage Treatment Plant, uh, you mentioned, is, is huge and, and needed to help better protect the, the health of our rivers and our lakes. What's next for that transportation, that, that transit master plan then, Mayor Bowman? Well, I, I was very pleased that we, um, we did a, a joint press conference. Uh, I, I had... Uh, the, was, was able to welcome uh, Premier Stephenson to, to City Hall for that announcement. I uh, was very pleased she's forwarding our, our ICIP requests, as they're known, to the federal government as submitted by, by council. And so uh, the, next, the next step is, of course, uh, waiting for approval from the federal government, which we anticipate will come. And, and then we can, uh, we can start work this next year. Feels like no matter what we're talking about these days, Mr. Mayor, that it has that COVID caveat attached to it. So just, you know, when we plan for the future, that has to be part of it. And turning to the COVID yeah. situation, we keep hearing from public health officials that the booster shot is the best way to help control the spread of the Omicron variant. And we know vaccines were mandated for several frontline workers and staffers who are also working with the public at the city of Winnipeg. Are you aware of, are you having any conversations with public health about expediting booster shots for the frontline workers or even mandating them given where we are at right now? Do you feel like mandated third shots might be part of the equation? Um, The short answer is no. I haven't had direct discussion with them about that specific issue. Our our officials are in regular dialogue with Manitoba health and we, we definitely appreciate that, that dialogue. 
Um, you know, I, I think everything we can do to encourage, um, you know, Winnipeggers and Manitobans to, to go out and do the right thing and, and get their shot. You're right. And I appreciate you mentioning, Lauren, uh, that we, we have a required for those staff. We've got about 5,500 staff that we've mandated uh, to, uh, to get their, their double vaccine. And of course, the, the third one is, is going to be the next that we'll, we'll be speaking to in due course. And obviously uh, encouraging everybody to do that. 97% of our, of our staff that are required to do so have done the right thing to protect themselves and the critical services that they provide. And uh, that's, that's even higher than the general population. So I want to thank the, the public servants who are serving the public in that way. You put a, forward a motion this week that could see the city make a $100,000 contribution to a legal challenge underway in Quebec against Bill 21. This is the bill that bans government employees in positions of authority like police officers or teachers from wearing religious symbols like turbans and hijabs. Why should Winnipeg get involved here? Well, this is the city of the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. We uh, have created the first ever Human Rights Committee of Council in, in the country, as far as we know. And we continue to work on equity and diversity in our community. So it's as much about communicating to our residents that um, that we mean what we, we talk about. We're making efforts here locally, but uh, a Canadian is a Canadian. And so when you have state-sanctioned discriminatory legislation, uh, that's a problem and it should be a problem for all Canadians. So the challenge was issued by the Mayor of Brampton, uh, Mayor Patrick Brown, to other municipalities to step up to uh, provide uh, support in this uh, legal challenge. Uh, others have accepted that challenge, and, and I have as well. Our council, to the credit of council, we had a unanimous uh, motion that was brought forward a couple of years ago condemning Bill 21. Uh, Councillor Nason uh, has reached, had reached out to me yesterday to say that he would support this effort, and I appreciated that. And we, uh, we brought forward a motion that will be debated in January to uh, identify and, and hopefully provide that funding to, to help support. So it's, um, you know, this is a time when I think people will look back, just like during the pandemic, they'll look to leaders and say, where were you? Uh, what did you do to help lead and, and, and to defend the interests of our community? Um, and uh, and I, I'm answering that call as best as I can. And we'll have that discussion and debate at council in January. Mayor Bowman, uh, just a few seconds here. Thanks for answering our questions. We should have just a tiny bit of fun. I noticed you put back up the Winter, Winterpeg sign at 510 <laughs> Main Street. Have you got any of those nifty little Winterpeg lapel pins from 1984 stashed away in your office anywhere? I, you know what? I, I'll have to look. I, I'm not aware if I, if I do, but we created that banner two years ago. And it's kind of a, it kind of goes back to, you know, the last time we were in a dynasty and, and that term... Winnipeg or Winnipeg was was used and so it's just a nice little play on words I I want people to feel the pride that I know you and I feel we were both out in Hamilton um and you know just the sheer joy on the on the families of the players and coaches was something I'll always take away from the experience this year and in in 2019 when we were out in Calgary yeah and and then and the players and their families uh to a great extent have fallen in love with Winnipeg and our community and I think we should all uh, be very proud of that Mayor Bowman Absolutely. And you know what, they, we've got a, a you know, the, the quality of people on that, in that team and organization are amazing and they've embraced the community and the community has embraced them right back. So enjoy it. And I, I hope they put their feet up over the holiday period because they've earned it.
Will Manitoba follow in the footsteps of Ontario and Quebec and reintroduce restrictions? Yeah, so on Wednesday, Ontario announced capacity limits on indoor venues. Yesterday, Quebec announced it was putting a cap on restaurants, bars, and stores, reducing capacity in that province to 50%. And Quebec also said holiday gatherings should have no more than 10 people at them, Greg. But what does this mean for Manitoba? Kathleen Cook is the Senior Policy Analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses and joins us now. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. So what are you hearing from small business this morning in Manitoba? There's a lot of anxiety out there. You know, it's deja vu all over again right before the christmas holidays so we're getting we're getting calls from small business owners who are very worried about what another round of restrictions could look like and you know some of them are saying my business will not survive another lockdown with that kathleen the 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 survivability you know stretched over the months there's been all sorts of ups and downs for businesses what is the ask then? Like, say we do go down this road and we do follow what Ontario and Quebec has done, or we wait and we do it in a couple of weeks, or maybe we don't do it at all. Are there current supports in place that could help businesses get through that? Or do we then need to see a return to the kind of supports that were put in place at the start of this business or the pandemic? That's just it, Loren. You know, first of all, we're urging governments to use, use restrictions as a, as a last resort. You know, we are asking people to give up their livelihood. You know, that's the reality that it's their ability to support their families. So if government's going to go down this road again, they need to be prepared to come to the table with significant supports to help small businesses, you know, both the provincial and the federal governments. But we just saw the end of most of the federal government support programs and the, the threshold of the new programs is so high that many businesses aren't able to access them. You know, we need rent subsidy and wage subsidy. And I, I don't relish asking for those things you know the business community typically is not asked is not the one asking the government to support them but if the government's going to come in and tell them they need to operate in a restricted in a restricted manner they need to shut down then government needs to come to the table to help them survive are you also hearing uh, a demand from businesses for rapid testing uh, here and there, I know that uh, there there are some rapid tests available through the Winnipeg Chamber, but I think what businesses want most of all is the ability to operate. You know, they've they've done everything that's been asked of them. Many businesses, as you know, are currently restricted only to vaccinated people. Businesses have pivoted and adapted to the extent that they're able. You know, many have created online platforms during the pandemic. Restaurants pivoted to takeout. Retailers have set up curbside pickup. Um, but not everyone can pivot. And, and even when businesses can make a partial pivot, they're still going to be dealing with significantly reduced revenues. And in some cases, they'll actually lose money trying to stay open. So Kathleen, the conversation about long term seemed to be on the table, right? In terms of business being able to move forward. And now this feels awfully jarring. Outside of you know the normal business conversation, what about people because there are people behind those businesses people that have put their savings on the line people have put you know second mortgages on their home to either start or to remain in business how are business owners doing overall away from the balance sheet uh, you know they're they're trying to stay optimistic but it's hard watching what's happening out east and and the feeling that that's where we're headed here it, it, it's real you know we're getting calls from business owners who are very worried and very concerned um and, and it's not just business owners too but their employees because with these rounds of restrictions we we see job losses we see layoffs 
So it, it, it's got a wide-reaching impact. Kathleen, before we let you go, are you in conversations? Do you get a heads up from the province, you know, before these kinds of restrictions are put in place? I know that there's always dialogue with your CFIB, with the retail council, with other people, but are you hearing of anything right now? Or do you think we're days or maybe maybe weeks away from it? Because there was that sense before that we were, you know, maybe the we could look at other jurisdictions and we had some lead time, maybe a month or two months. We're behind everybody else. But Omicron seems to be changing with that, with how rapidly things are spreading. So are you getting any sense from officials about what might be coming down the pipe? I don't have any any good insight as to what might be coming down the pipe, unfortunately. I, I think with, with Omicron, you know, everybody's just doing the best they can with the information they have in front of them at the time. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Kathleen Cook is Senior Policy Analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, joining us live on 680 CJOB. It is time to give away a pretty sweet grand prize, a $5,000 gift card for Sleep Country, which is the prize for the contest that's been running at CJOB.com. Give the gift of sleep where you nominate a deserving someone this holiday season to win the gift of sleep. So, Mr. Fortier, why don't you give our winner a call, and hopefully this person will pick up live on the start. Yeah, I almost dealt the wrong number, so I'll... let me try this. <laughs> Imagine having to take it back. Oh, oh man. Ta- what did you do a take back? Sorry. <laughs> This prize is not for you. <laughs> Let's just uh, we'll just go into the prize shed and see if we got another five thousand dollar oh gift my card gosh, kicking around what a here. Mistake that would be. <laughs> All right, I think we're good to go here. Okay. We are unable to complete your. No, oh, no. Maybe it's long distance. Let, let, let me retry this again. Take three. <laughs> Take three. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's probably something I should have vetted earlier, but it takes away the surprise. Long distance. You want there to be a surprise. Okay. Ten digit dialing. Maybe took that out. Hello. Hello there. We're looking for Lori Weeb. Speaking. Hi, Lori. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Well, good morning. How are you guys? We're doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Got it. You want to guess why we're giving you a call this morning? I must have won something. Yeah. Well, possibly. GMAC, do you see what Lori wrote at cjob.com? Oh, do I have to read? Oh, man, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> okay, I'm going to read this. I nominate my dad, Al McKinnon. He has worked hard his whole life, raised five oh kids, gosh. has never really had a lot of extra money. Aww. He is retired now and on a budget. He still would help out anyone, even if that means he had to go without. He would do anything for his kids. I want my dad to be okay and get a good night's sleep. His current mattress has a spring sticking out and can't be very comfortable. Guess what we have for you, Lori? You know what? Thank you so much. We have just lost my mother-in-law, so we're going through this, and I totally forgot that I had entered that, so this this means a lot. Oh, Lori, our condolences for that. But, Thank uh, you. Yeah, Thank you, but my dad's going to love this. I appreciate that. It's, well, it, we, it's one of those things that we take for granted, right? We just kind of get used to. I think we've all probably had a, a mattress that was well beyond its expiry date, and you just sort of get used to it. You're like, oh, well, there's a kind of a dent in this spot in the mattress. I'll just avoid it, or I'll just sort of <laughs> fall well, exactly. into it. Yeah. And then now uh, you get a new mattress, and you go, why did I wait? Why did mm-hmm. I put this off? No, it's going to be wonderful. Lori, where are you in the list of five kids? 
I am the second oldest. Did you ever give your dad some sleepless nights? Oh, my goodness, my poor dad. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I have three grown kids now, so <laughs> I think I deserve everything that I <laughs> You reap what you sow, right? Exactly. Yeah, my dad put it a different way, Lori, about payback. So now there's payback of a different time coming around. Your dad's going to have $5,000 to spend oh on whatever God. he wants at Sleep Country. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to him. And and also condolences uh, on behalf of all of us, as Brett said. This is uh, wonderful. You're, 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 it sounds like you're the, the perfect person to get this prize oh, today. Oh, thank you so much. He's just going to be thrilled. And, Lori, what happens, by the way, if he takes that $5,000 gift card and, and turns around and buys gifts for the five kids? Oh, boy. You know what? He, that's something that he would do. <laughs> but we'll make sure that we use it for himself. Good. Definitely. Well- Mr. Fortier, are you trying to insinuate something by playing the song Firestarter by Prodigy? Are you saying something about our next guest? She is a firestarter. <laughs> Hopefully not. It Starting depends how fires we, everywhere. What do we mean by starting fires? Just to be clear, I'm not an arsonist. I just want to make that very clear right now on 680 CGOB. Gabrielle Marchand, not arsonist. <laughs> Gabby Never is here. Fire. Hi, Gabby. Hey, how you doing? Happy Friday. Feels hot in here. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> what are we implying? I'm trying to figure out the connect the dots here, Firestarter. Yeah, what's going on? Well, I think it's a compliment to call somebody fire now. Like if you send them that little flame emoji, I think that's a compliment. But Firestarter to me makes me think of people who start literal fires or you cause trouble, maybe that's what we're saying. Yeah, you're the, you're the, the what's one of the lyrics? The punking instigator. <laughs> Oh, yikes. In that yeah. particular song. And actually, wasn't that a movie with Drew Barrymore? Firestarter? Yes, it was. It's a Stephen King book, right? Firestarter? Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Let me just put my lighter away and let's talk, you guys. <laughs> Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning. We check in with her every Friday morning for our weekly Gab with Gabby. And we've been talking today, Gabby, about smells that trigger memories. Anything jump to mind? For me, I was saying it's anything cheese-covered. And, and somebody, yeah. I put this out on my Instagram. <laughs> no, but actually, I had a lot of cheese-covered food as a kid even. I think it started then. My mom used to make homemade mac and cheese, which is pretty fragrant. Fragrant, The bubbling, greasy cheese in the oven. You come home, it fills the house. I like to make it as an adult. Grilled cheese, butter in a pan, bacon in there. Is anybody else getting hungry right now? Uh-huh. Starving, yeah. How Keep about going. you guys? Keep How about going. you guys? I want to hear about your smells. What, what brings back good memories? Loren? Well, I mentioned CK1, the cologne or perfume, because it reminds me of a day when my sister and I, back in university, um, went shopping. We were just having a down day, and we didn't have any money, but spent it anyway, and went shopping to cheer one another up, and we bought CK1, and that's always our code word for, if you're needing a CK1 day, that means you just need to get out and treat yourself, as they would say on Parks and Rec, and uh, I'm missing my sister, so that's the smell that I'm thinking of this morning. Oh, I love that. Shopping therapy. Yeah, for me, it's my garage. My garage is starting to smell like my grandpa's garage, where we used to spend a lot of time building things, including the garage itself that we built together once upon a time, so... Yeah, I, I like the smell of industrial stuff, oil, and all sorts of uh, chemicals that probably aren't good for me, but reminds me <laughs> of, of G-Paw, so that's okay. 
Oh, me too. Kind of the smell of like burning metal almost. I love that. I absolutely love that. Weird places we found stuff that we misplaced. Loren looked in her dishwasher the other day for her cell phone. You're saying that with such disdain. <laughs> It's on the top five list of places to look, Brett. Well, I'm trying to, to <laughs> recreate the disdain you had for I'm yourself. Just, I'm just teasing. I tweet. was very mad at myself, and it's not a top five spot. I've never looked there before, and that's the low I sunk to, Gabby. How about you? Weird places. You know what? I leave stuff. I lose stuff continually. As a child, my mom used to say that if my head wasn't attached to my body, I would have lost it. And unfortunately, that's continued into adulthood. Like, as a kid, I lost one in one year alone three winter jackets. One time on a road trip, I left one in a Wendy's bathroom and then we were gone from Red Deer and that was it. Adios, winter jacket. Like, how do you manage? Why did I have to take my winter jacket off just to use the washroom? Like, what was going on there? And then how did I leave it behind? Ellen, did no one notice you were not wearing a winter coat anymore? Yeah, let's blame this on my negligent parents. I agree with you, Brett. Thanks for that. Zero responsibility here. (laughs) No kidding. Three jackets in one winter, though. That's good. I have noticed, and I'm kind of throwing gauntlet down here on the one Jim, Jim Toth who sits in my spot in the studio in the afternoon. I've noticed that pens have started to disappear. I, I couldn't find my stapler for a little while. I found it, and it's 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 oh. hidden in plain sight. But I now actually have to take my pen with me because I came mm-hmm. in one day and it was I couldn't find it. So Jim, uh, stop bring making own, a mess in bring here. Bring your own pen, Jim. Wow, bring your own stapler, Come on. Jim. Come on. <laughs> you know, when I tweeted this out the other day, I'd forgotten the story, but our boss Brent replied in that thread to say. I think the worst thing you did, Loren, was take my phone, like his phone, and go home with it, which I did for like 24 hours. No. And he, I think he called his own bosses to get a phone replacement because his phone was gone. And I was driving to work like the next day, and I'm on my phone with the Bluetooth, and then I reached my purse to pull over to find a pen, and there's this other phone in there. And I'm like, and I'm on the phone, and there's a phone, and there's two phones. <laughs> Looked at it and clicked the screen, and there's a picture of him with his kids. And I was like, not me. That's not my husband. No. (laughs) So, do I tell him or hide this phone? This is is not a Chi Chi story. This is a finger story. I used to run the parking lot for Jets games back in the the, uh, mid and late 80s at Fingers. And so my boss, Jim, would give me his vehicle so I could stay inside when it was cold and warm up and whatnot, probably following some health and safety regulations as well. It wasn't just an act of kindness. Long story short, I'm at a movie, The Color Purple, at the old Polo Park Theater, and this usher comes into the theater. It's jam-packed. Is that Greg Mackling in the room? I'm like, what have I done now? Well, long story short, I had left work with Jim's car keys in my pocket. He wanted to leave for home, and he couldn't do that because I had his keys. He tracked me down way back. This would have been 1987 or 88 (laughs) without cell phones. So, uh, Jim, I know you live in BC. Uh, uh, Sorry about that, man. That's, of all the movies, the color purple. The color purple. One of the, 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 wasn't that a best picture winner? It yeah. was. I was with my girlfriend, with my mom, my grandma, and my aunt. It was. It what was a girl. It was, it was a girls' night out. <laughs> <laughs> Why is grandma and mom there on this date? All right, Gabby. One more question before we let you go here. Favorite book from childhood. I, w- I would say Narnia series. We used to read those oh. and love them as kids. But then I found this very confusing watching Narnia. Then Liam Neeson 
was the lion. And like, I mean, Liam Neeson, come on. I was a little bit confused by that whole thing. You no. know? It's like he's so attractive. Should he really play this like oh, wise agreed. lion unless he's kidnapping people or stopping <laughs> kidnapping? Come on. Did you like the movies? Or at he, least the first one? I didn't watch any of them. I hate to say oh, it. Oh, really? I, I, I saw that Liam Neeson was a lion and I said, no way. Not doing it. Oh. Yeah. He was pre- he's, he's responsible for taking, taking people again, taking them a third time. <laughs> I thought he was great, his ass line. And that first movie was really, the first one's good. I haven't seen the other ones. I heard they weren't great. But that first Narnia movie, I, I suggest you give it a shot. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning, weekdays from 6 until 9 on Global Winnipeg, or as we affectionately call it. What do you call it, GMAC? CKND Television, Channel 9, Cable 12. <laughs> Gabby, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you guys so much. One last time. If there's a fire started this weekend, it is not me. <laughs> Everyone, take care. Stay safe. Mackling McGarry and McNabb, we have tickets to give away for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory coming to the Centennial Concert Hall in June. Those tickets go on sale this morning. You can get them at centennialconcerthall.com. But we're asking you to tell us about smells that trigger memories for your chance to win. we got a couple of runners up here. Loren's going to read the winner. I'll start us off with Ted, who says, When I was a kid on the farm, we used to make our own ham, sausage, and bacon. We had a homemade smoker that was very effective. There was just a sweet smoke smell billowing through the farmyard and uh, there was one day we were smoking these products a combination of oak and willow smoke passing through the ham and bacon created a pleasant smell I will never forget All right, so that just painted a, a very a lovely picture to me and but also an appetizing uh, picture as well anything involving ham and bacon is uh, good for me <laughs> How about Festus taking things a little bit differently here with regard to the smell? More like a scent here. When I was in elementary school, I was a geek. No girlfriends. I was invited to a party and splashed brood on. Lo and behold, <clears throat> got lucky. I've worn brood now for 42 years and go through life with a smile on my face. <laughs> Attaboy, Festus. 60% of the time, it works every time. (laughs) My goodness. What was that cologne called? Sex Panther. Sex Panther, yes. Is that an SNL? No, that was from Anchorman. Oh, Uh, from A? Oh, yes. My husband and I go back to, like, you know, high school days together, and I remember he used to, I think it was Gravity. No, it was Gravity, and I bought that for him last year as a joke for his birthday and sprayed it just once. And it was days, like day, like forever before that smell came out of the room. And I was like, huh, how did this, how was this affected? How did it help? <laughs> but I'm telling you, it did. <laughs> All right. And with that, Loren, Suzanne <laughs> is our winner. In the vein of too much information that I just supplied, Suzanne has a much kinder, nicer, beautiful note. So Suzanne texted early this morning to say that she had a girlfriend that she met in nursing school and became very close after the struggles of nursing school. They went to each other's weddings. They had babies, and she even helped deliver my boys. Our families went camping together, had dinners, and many happy times. She became ill with cancer, and her family and friends cared for her for months until, sadly, she passed away. 
It was such a hard time for everyone. Her mother gave me a blanket of hers, and it smelled exactly like her. I keep the blanket in a plastic case to open it and sniff when I'm missing her. The smell takes me back to our young lives and happy times. Thank you very much for that, Suzanne. And you win the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory tickets. Once again, coming to the Centennial Concert Hall in June. Thanks to all for sharing so many wonderful stories, so many funny stories, lots of touching memories that were shared. Uh, we just didn't have time. We never have enough time to share them all. We have a special guest with us because it is his final day at 680 CJOB. TFJ. He's dynamite. His name is Tristan Field Jones. Hello there, Tristan. Hello. How are you? I'm a little warm because of the sweater I'm wearing right now. Um, <laughs> what? Otherwise, I'm doing fine. <laughs> How are you doing, Brett? It's witty barbs like that, which is why we are going to miss you, Tristan. Uh, we just wanted to, to bring you on for a moment to, to say. Um, congratulations on your new journey and, and how much we are going to miss your uh, enigmatic and unique personality, your award-winning radio storytelling skills, and your mustard shirts. Okay, so there's a couple things to respond to that. First of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's, um, it's bittersweet for sure. I, I've got a, a new opportunity at a, at a tech startup and um, it's, it's kind of interesting, and it's a little bit outside my wheelhouse, but I'm looking forward to seeing where that leads me. Um, I had a lot of highlights here uh, in the various roles. Uh, I know Brett and, and Greg, uh, with both of you, uh, it was an absolute blast uh, hosting back in the afternoon days of Mackling and McGarry. Uh, it was an absolute blast filling in as co-host there. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun as news anchor and producing the, the pieces that we aired. Um, and, you know, when I look back, it, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit surreal to me to think that I've been here for almost 10 years. And I still think of myself at times as the part-time board op who started just months after getting out of college. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, like Brett, I know you and I went through the same program, and and I don't know if you have the same thoughts in terms of that, but I just somehow it's kind of weird to think that that's where it started, and it, it still feels very present in a way. Yep, uh, seventeen years are still days where I feel kind of like the new kid, which is uh, sort of a silly thing. But when you work with the likes of Bob Irving mm -hmm. and Richard Cloutier, and Hal Anderson, uh, these are you know broadcast titans. Um, it's kind of hard to shake that feeling, right? So uh, we just wanted to bring you on quickly to say thanks. We were going to have a, a, a more of an extended segment here, but we just had that breaking news that kind of blew up, yeah, <laughs> blew everything up here. But uh, I just personally wanted to, to, to wish you Godspeed, sir. And I know you've uh, put up with a lot of nonsense from me over the last decade or so, but yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to Good nonsense, right? TFJ, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. I could work with you for 20 more years and never be able to read your face. Like, I can read the resting Brett face, but the TFJ face, it's like, I think he's annoyed but delighted or well, angry, that's good. or going to have a carrot. I'm an international man of mystery. 
<laughs> well, no, actually, no. we don't we don't need to play out the segment here, but we do. We'll play you out, Tristan. We we're going to keep going for a couple of minutes, but I see Forte what you have queued up. So why don't you just fire that up for uh, one Tristan Field Jones here? Oh, what? Why are we playing this? Well, because it's saying the song is wishing you goodbye, right? And it's a boy band, and you love boy bands. No, I don't. No, how about no? Turn it up, Forte. No, could we not? See, this is... Okay. Well, Tristan, okay, just wanted to say goodbye and good luck. Bye, Tristan. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, too. Um, I I do need to state for the record uh, two quick things. Number one, my shirts were not mustard-colored. They were golden wheat. And number two, I'm not a fan of boy bands. I just want that to be crystal clear for everybody so that we don't have these ideas about me. Anyway, thank you. All right, Tristan, goodbye. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.